Greetings, everyone. Chief Yuya here. Welcome to the 99th episode of season two of the Chief Yuya podcast. 99th episode. All right. Um, for this session, we're going to, we're going to get into a, a bit more of the esoteric. Um, you know, we've been kind of moving in, in a certain direction. Uh, probably the past, I don't know, 10 or so segments. And, um, I want to clean our palate a little bit, reset us and, um, kind of take our mind in a different sort of direction just, just for a moment and, uh, allow us some space to kind of explore some alternative thinking a little bit and get into some, some other kind of philosophy and some other kind of consciousness to expand our stream of awareness. All right. So we're going to start dealing with, um, some of our interior experience it's a little bit more in this in this segment and kind of looking at the overarching unity uh, between the internal and the external or the present and the past and the future right um the interior and the exterior you know however you want to look at it and kind of remove from the some of the fuzzy perceptions that we may have from the clouds around us and get a clearer view of knowledge you know we're going to really try or re not really try excuse me we're really working to kind of birth and bring forth a greater um, awareness based on our ability to build on great concepts of knowledge and to destroy weak concepts of knowledge you know and use that ability to manifest and bring forth um, a greater uh, us <laughs> a greater we all right so I'm going to get right into a couple things. But first, I want to share our retreat is coming up. The Anu retreat is coming up the 24th through the 28th of this month. We're in the month now, the retreat, New Orleans. Um, we have our stuff planned out. You know, now we're going to be digging into some Tantra. We're going to be digging into some Pranayama, deep breathing. We're going to be digging into some yoga. Of course, we're going to be digging into some um Babylonian Sumerian stories. We're going to be, well, they do the kickball thing. I don't do the kickball thing. You know, <laughs> that's what, well, while everybody's playing and stuff, that's usually when I go to try to recover or I'm counseling somebody. So I usually don't get to do all the regular funny game, which is all good. I could do that stuff, you know, another time. But yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Of course, the food, everybody talks about the food, you know, uh, the, the sisters really, do their thing with the food man that's always like a nice highlight too you know you got a bunch of days of some really beautiful um vegan vegan eating you know uh for those of you who are vegans or would like to try i know when you think of new orleans that's the last thing you think of is <laughs> vegan food but you know um we keep it clean you know as far as our food and so we can keep our perception clean and just really enjoy each other and you know, we, when we exit out of those retreats, we always come with, we, there's a high, there's like a retreat high, you know, which comes from so many factors, from the activities to the fellowship, to the jokes and laugh, to the, you know, the jam sessions, with the music and, you know, um, and of course from, you know, just having that time that where you could relax, you could relax, you know, retreat from what retreat from the hardness of, of the linear world retreat from being around people who may be insane or you know who are sometimes just simple-minded <laughs> you know being able to retreat from that is important all right so i'm gonna jump right into our movie because i went over a little bit so i don't want to take too much time and um this movie is uh it's kind of along the lines of, um, you know, sort of what we're, what we're dealing with. Now, our last movie was Astral City and it seems like, you know, it seemed like everybody liked that one, which is cool. Um, and this movie that we're looking at, uh, this strong is, um, the children who chase lost voices. Okay. The children who chase lost voices. Now I'm not going to say this. I really liked it because you should know by now. I like all of them, right? But um, this one's real cool. You know, it's um, animated. It's in English, but um, it's a, it's it's a really good. It's you know, um, the director and the writer was Makoto Shinkai, 
And, um, you know, if you know who he is, you know how he, he gets down, you know, he, um, he, he always puts in, in serious work, you know, in terms of his, his film. Um, but based on what we've been talking about in this session, you can understand more why this is, this is the one. <laughs> this is the one. So, you know, it deals with that inner earth science of, again, like your, your Shambhala energy and, um, or what's called the holy ground or the spiritual center of our presence. Our planet, we start talking about Shambhala. These are all the different words that were always used, or, but, you know, or Agatha, you know, um, all these different terms that were used. Um, in Tibet, that land was always called the land of the, uh, Bodhisattvas. You know, um, so that the, basically the land where the ascended masters live, if, if you will, you know, and there's so many different, um, there's so many different systems that have this concept of this internal space in the planet, you know, this internal space where you kind of, um, would see these sort of legendary people or greater people, if you will. Um, whether it's the spiritual center of the planet or, you know, like in Sanskrit, Shambhala just means the spring of divine bliss, you know, meaning like that this is the place where things rise up. But it's, it's that holy ground, if, if you will. Um, or like I said, the land of, of the bodhisattvas. And, um, you know, we're going to dig into it in this segment. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. And you're definitely going to enjoy the movie, The Children Who Chase Lost Voices. All right, let's get into it. So one of the things I've been um, sharing lately within the walls of our new is really, um, or more so stressing lately, not so much sharing, but the importance on speaking the language of your people. And when I say the language of your people, I'm not speaking about um, modern, transformed dialects or any kind of, you know, or as, as little perversion as possible. You know, once you see modern in front of something, you already know that it's, it's not the original, it's grafted. You know, so um, the languages that we speak, it's important. And you know, that does that doesn't mean any indigenous language per se is, oh, that's mine. You know, sometimes people get caught into that sort of thinking, but you know, understanding that um there was oh and here we go with the alarms. <laughs> Let me turn those down now. But um you know, all indigenous people have their own language. All people have their own language. Everybody has their root. And essentially, when you're speaking your language, you want to be able to speak the language not only of your ancestors, but of your deities, you know, especially if they're one and the same, which willfully they are, right? So with that, you know, I was I was considering a couple of things, but there's a concept I wanted to explore a little bit. I know you hear all these alarms going off all around me, you know, my life, right? <laughs> But there's a, a concept I wanted to explore a little bit, and I'm going to... Turn it off, turn it down, get rid of it. One of them here. Okay, I'll put it on vibrate. So, um, yeah, this concept, really, of language, but I wanted to explore something, and I'm going to use language to do it and language that maybe sometimes we overlook you know or we read through and just say oh well i don't know maybe one day it'll be made clear to me you know and i want to begin there was there was a i guess i should i should pull it up but there was a, a scripture i was thinking about uh do i have it in front of me not i can get it in front of me yeah let me get it in front of me but there was a scripture I was thinking about, and I said, you know, it's the subtle nuances a lot of times that for some reason kind of trip us up, you know. And um, a lot of that comes from the way we learn. You know, we oftentimes learn in a very, uh, a very deceptive sort of way, a very duplicitous sort of way, you know, the way things are given to us. And um, we have to kind of get to a point 
where we can make proper and clear discernment between when we're getting something good and we're getting we're getting something that's garbage. And a lot of times nowadays, you know, your new age teachings, um, especially like when you find stuff on the internet, internet gurus, it's so grafted. You know, um, if people are not really able to tell you how to ascend and how to elevate in a comprehensive way, and it's not just full of a lot of you got to meditate and you got to love sort of babble, you know, because it goes so much further than that, then I, I can promise you that they're not really a teacher, you know. So it's that ability to go inward and to really interact with someone who has gone gone inward which is important. So keep inward in mind. All right. So now looking at Genesis, the fourth chapter, right? And we're dealing with here when Cain uh, and Habel, or what you may know as Cain and Abel, but when they had their, their issue, <laughs> you know, uh, the murderous issue, if you will, you know, between the two of them. And I'm, I'm going to shoot right to four and 10, Right, some of you are probably familiar with the story, and I shared it in the um the Genesis breakdown, so you can always go back there and get refreshed. But Genesis four ten says, and he said, "What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground, and now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand." When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto her, unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said to Jehovah, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And then Yahuwah said unto him, Therefore, whoever, whosoever shall slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And Yahuwah set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of Yahuwah and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden or Eden. All right. There's so much that was said here, you know, but again, a lot of times we look at stuff and we don't. We don't we don't really look into it, we just look at it. So let's look at first. Your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. First clue. Second clue. Uh, you are cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's, brother's blood. Third clue. This is the big one. This is the big one. When he says, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. What are we on, the third or fourth? I'm just going to say the fourth. I don't know if we're on the third, fourth, fifth clue. <laughs> I'm going to say four. He says, Cayenne then says, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond, important, another important word coming up, in the earth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there, right? Now, now, why were these words important? Because if you noticed, you heard a lot of in and not a lot of on. And you might say, well, maybe back then there was no word for on. Maybe everything was in. Contraire, mon frere. There actually was a word or is a word for in. And the word for in is distinctive from the word uh, for on. So we get this, you know, even if we skip past your brother's blood, the, you know, the earth cries up and okay, cool. 
If you want to skip past that, feel free. But when we say, um, or when Cayenne says, uh, really, no, I'll say, Yahuwah says, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Not on the earth. Not even upon the earth. In the earth. Then Cayenne says, you have driven me out this day from the face, the surface of the earth. And from your face shall I be hid. Another important comment. I shall be a vagabond, a future vagabond in the earth. In. Mm. Why not on? Why not on the earth? Why in the earth? Are we saying that Cayenne went inside of the earth underneath the surface and we'll say no because it says he went and in, in dwelt in the land of Nod but Nod means vagrancy it means he wandered that's what the land of Nod means it means to wander it means wandering so let's look at the words that we use right so if we go um I forgot, I won't even go to yet. So let's let's deal with the letters first. I'm I'm just gonna cut as I'm reading through. In reading the Hebrew, like if we wanted to say on, for instance, if we wanted to say I live on the mountain or I live on the house, right? We would say uh like like if we wanted to say um I I am on the house, right? Um Ani Albayit. Ani al bayit. I am on house, or I am on the house. Well, the house would be Ani al habayit, right? So I am on the house. So uh, al, of course, means on. It means about. It means of. It means at. It means for. And al is comprised of alif and um, lamed. Right or some in some Arabic, alifya and lama, lama or lamed is where you get uh, lambda. You know, lambda being your your Greek, which means to learn. You know, lambda, lambda, lu. You might remember from uh, Revenge of the Nerds, but um, that's an important that's an important point because there are two words we we have. So bayit means in. So if I wanted to say I am in the house, I would say um, Ani Ba, or we just use Bet. I Ani Bet Bayit. Right? I am in the house. So you'll even hear terms sometimes like Beth, Beth Israel or Bethel or Bethlehem. Right? Bethel means the house of El. Bethlehem, the house of bread. Right? So bayit or bet by itself, bet just the, the, the term bet, the symbol bet. Um, and when you look in your your Paleo Hebrew and you look at that symbol for bet, um, your early Paleo Hebrew, you have early, you have middle, then you have late. It's the symbol of a of a tent, like the floor plan of a tent, because it represents a house. You know that's that's your bet, but it, it means house, or it could mean a family. Or it can mean to be in, to be in something. So when you read the Hebrew there, you know, when you read that passage in Hebrew, it doesn't say you'll be a vagabond al eritz on the earth. It says you'll be vagabond ba or bet eritz in the earth, inside of the earth. What am I getting at here? What do you think? You probably know. I'm getting at hollow earth theory as confirmed, right? Now, we know that bet is the house, you know, but bet also that symbol of a tent represents the mark of creation. So when he says he'll, he'll put a mark on him, right? Bet is a mark, mark. And the reason why bet is a mark of creation because bayit or bet is the house. And if you read like uh, Psalms 19, 1, um, 
the Shemaim or the Anu declare the glory of Yahuwah and firmament shows his handiwork. Right. So there's this concept there that the house itself is a sign of the creator, like like the heavens and the earth are the are the house that were created, if you will. So Bet becomes that symbol of creation or that mark of creation of something that I made. Right. So this is not, you know, don't don't kill him. This is this is mine. I made this. Right. So you have this concept, which, you know, it gets kind of interesting of. The inside of the earth. And and, you know, before we go on, I'm not a, a hollow earth uh, guy, you know, and, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, not, nothing against hollow earth people like, you know, that's that's your school of study or anything. It's just not my my school of study. But I, I know a fair amount about it because. If, if you're really studying different systems, whether it be studying about the, the, the Vedas or you're studying the Tibetan systems or you're studying Ifa or you're studying Kabbalah, it's very difficult to explain a lot of the, the occurrences in creation with the heliocentric, the model that we were given by Copernicus, but that model of what the universe and the, and the galaxy and the cosmos looks like, it just, it doesn't work. You know, now if you're hardcore, you read your scriptures, whatever you read, and you read it all literally, then you, you don't try to reconcile it with science. It's, it says it here in the book, and that's what it is. Okay, if that's if that's your thing, then, you know, go for it. That's not our thing in Anu. You know, we, we are scientists. You know, so um, this is not about a religious dogmatic fervor because something is written, and then we just take it as, you know, on face value because there's hardly any written word that's going to be the original word and logos of the creator of, of the heavens and the earth in all honesty, you know, and what we have to do or what I would suggest we do when we're trying to come into an understanding is there's certain things we have to do to, to kind of clear up our purpose in life. And when you can do that, you can clear up your vision. A lot of us, we have such foggy vision that we really don't have time to, you know, um, look at important things. And and so that means our vision is manipulated. You know, our, our vision is turned a certain way, you know, and it, it sometimes is the things that you don't think are related to another thing. Like reckless sex, a lot of flippant sex. That destroys your vision. You know, because it removes your, your your purpose. And a lot of times our purpose is removed by the things that we claim to be our lifestyle. They become a part of our lifestyle, but they're really driving and pulling us further away from our deeper connection with our consciousness. Using like really stupid technology is another thing. You know, sometimes we, <laughs> we think we have to have all of these, you know, technological uh, sort of um, amenities. You know, and sometimes we don't realize that all of that extra tech, all it does. See, a lot of a lot of the technology that we're given and I and I'm using the word given for a reason. A lot of the technology that we're given actually just comes from low order um, aliens and low order, low order spiritual beings. So you end up servicing them and serving them for the rest of your life. You know, they're, they're low order, you know, so you'll get so excited to have certain things and, and not realize like those things, they are they are driving you into mode of control. That you might not have ever really thought about. It's almost like chasing money. For instance, we chase money, then we die. And no matter if we're rich or we're poor, we still die. But we chase money, you know, and we chase technological solutions when nine times out of ten, there's a there's a more intelligent, natural solution to that thing we want the technology to do. I'll give you an example because I, I have one right now. How many of us are wearing smartwatches that check our heart rate? How many of you know how to check your heart rate using your own fingers? See? So you get locked into a certain way. 
you know, like I said, we, we remove some of our better languages and we, we replace them with English, you know, or even modern Hebrew. So we study the alphabet in Hebrew instead of studying the alpha tav, which is, that's really the, you know, or the aleph tav, excuse me, the aleph best instead of the aleph tav, you know. We, we scream that we have to vote to each other. Gotta vote, gotta vote, so your voice account. And vo- voting, what it does is we vote because somebody says they're going to create a new law for us. And we focus on all of these new laws without even, which are, which usually only address very small issues. But we never address the things that are already present, like, the, like insurance, you know, or bankruptcy, or divorce, right? It, it, it just goes on and on. So we have many perfect solutions for things in our, in our physical earth, in our spiritual earth that were already given to us to heal um, diseases, to create a more fair system. Um, and that's the, uh, that's the power of a real authentic deity. But your false deities will hand down to you robots and technology. You see? It's, it's, it's really deep. So sometimes you think you're getting something great, and one day they're going to tell you, when I say they, I mean the government. They're going to tell you that a lot of these um, inventions that they were handed to them from, you know, intergalactic beings, which are really just interdimensional energies. And we'll get excited and not realize that those are middlemen and women, those those beings. And they're really just um, kind of causing you to skip over the real connection that you're supposed to have, right? So even when we're, we're studying or we're having certain information, you know, awarded to us, a lot of times we don't really ascend with it. We don't really go anywhere with it because um, it's it, they're all telling you the same foolishness to keep you into the same lock. Go on the internet, go on this site, go on the, It's not going to work like that. You know, we're all one. The best thing you could do is to serve others, share everything you have while they're promoting alien advanced technology. And then if you, you, when you feel empty, start to pretend like you have some sort of connection with the creator. You see, by saying, oh, I had a conversation with this archangel or I keep seeing two, two, two. I keep seeing three, three, three. You see. That's one of the ways you can signal a false teacher. They'll tell you things like that. They always pretend to have this connection or they'll um, they'll always talk about the hidden meaning inside of things, but they never can explain it. You know, they're constantly looking for followers, constantly looking for donations, you know, trying to collect email addresses. They have all sorts of advertisements. All of these different things kind of signal to you that you're you're um, speaking to someone who is not authentic. The authentic ones, they don't really, they're not looking to gain anything or to get a whole bunch of your spiritual or your personal information to help you. You see, they're, they're not looking to censor you if they open themselves to having a discussion with you. I mean, if it's an actual discussion. And not them teaching. If they're teaching, then you just you should just you know you should be taught. You know, it's not an opportunity or, or imitation imitation for a debate, right? So, um, and you're saying, man, I thought you were talking about inner earth. I am. I am because inner earth, understanding it, it a lot of it because you remember we are a reflection of the cosmos. We have to first deal with our inner consciousness. You have to meet consciousness with consciousness. See, a lot of times we're taught to look external to, to understand the internal. And that, that can be challenging because, yes, the external may may provide a reflection for us at times, which is great. You know, it may, it may provide a reflection for us to kind of get a glimpse of what may be going on inside. But you can't understand inner power through outer power. That doesn't work. 
you have to understand inner power through inner power. You see, so a lot of times there's technology that we're exposed to in different ways of thinking that we're exposed to, whether it be different ways to access records or store neutral information. And that's only because we haven't we haven't focused in on telepathy. We haven't um, we haven't focused in on our ability to access spiritual libraries and spiritual references. You see, all of these different things that keep us away from what's truly being said, right? So let's look at like just a couple little clues that we have about this, this kind of inner thing. When you read Matthew 1240, it speaks about the journey of Jonah, three nights in the belly of a fish, which of course was a foreshadowing to Yahweh but it said, you know, just as Jonah was in the was in the belly of a of a fish, of a great fish for three days, so will the Son of Man be three days um be three days in the heart of the earth. The heart of the earth. If you read Ephesians four and nine, now that he has ascended, um what is it but he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same that he that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. That fill is an important word, believe it or not. It sounds like a small thing. Fill is an important word. When you read Second Peter's um, 2 and 4. Yahuwah spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down. Cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be served unto judgment. Whoa. So you mean you cast them down into darkness, but they weren't dead. They were alive somewhere chained up. (laughs) It's interesting. When we talk about this inner space, right? You look at Numbers 16, 16 and 28. Hereby you shall know that you, Yahuwah has sent me to do all these works and and that has not been of my own accord. If these men die, as all men do die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then Yahuwah has not sent me. But if Yahuwah creates something new and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall know that these men have despised Yahuwah. It kind of gets deeper and deeper. And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all of their goods. So they and all that they belonged to them went down alive into Sheol and the earth closed over them and they perished from the midst of the assembly. Whoa. What is Sheol? Ol is also El. Ol is also El. And She, um, you have Shell and then you have She, but She means without. So Sheol is without El, which makes sense because that isn't that what Cain said? Right? Or Cain? He said, you're sending me out here away from you. I will not be with you. That's the issue. Ephesians 4 and 7. Each one of us, however, has been given grace to be measured by the Messiah's bounty. This is why it says after he went up into the heights, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to mankind. Now, this phrase he went up. What can it mean if not that he first went down into the lower parts? That is earth. The one who went down is himself, the one who went far up. Revelations 5, 5. Next, I saw on the right hand of the one sitting on the throne, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. Here we go. And I saw a mighty angle proclaiming a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven. No one on earth or 
under the earth was able to open the scroll or look inside it. Yeah, it just gets more and more interesting. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's really all just a product of reading the language and or reading the words in proper formatting of the language to really be able to see, like, wait a minute, it did say in, it didn't say on. And then I'm sure if you spoke to a lot of people, they would just say, oh, well, you know, in the earth, on the earth means same thing. No, because there's times when Al is used and times when in are used. It's specific times when in the earth is spoken about and it's specific times when, 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 um, uh, on or on to or upon the earth is spoken about. I'll give you a real easy one. I'm going to read this in Hebrew. Genesis six and four. Genesis 6 and 4. So we have um, Ha. I'm reading the Hebrew, so I'll go a little slower. Ha. Nephilim. Hu. Ba'irits. That's all I really need. I don't even need to read anymore. I mean, I could go um, Ba'mayim. Kahim, right? But we don't even have to go that far. Negim. Let's start with the first three words. That's the most important. Ha neflaim, hu ba'irit. That's everything. So ha neflaim, ha means the. When you see ha, oche, ocha in the beginning of a word, it means the. And then that other word you might know. You might have heard me say it or other people say it before. Nephilim, 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 the fallen ones, right? You've probably heard that term before, the Nephilim, right? So, um, who were, who, meaning were, or how, and ba, in, ba means in, eritz, eritz means earth. So that's Genesis 6, 4, when it says the Nephilim were in the earth in those days. They were in the earth. Ba, in, not on. <laughs> they could have used al. They could have said al erits. They said ba erits. They're inside of the earth. Mm. That's not really new news, though, right? Because there's so many other traditions that speak about this inner earth kind of thing. Here's one talking about, and I think this this Amos was it's always an interesting book for me back in the days because it made me start to understand why people wanted to not be on the earth so bad. Certain people. I saw Yahuwah standing upon the altar and he said, smite the lintel of the door that the post may shake and cut them in the head. All of them, I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall not flee away. And he that escapeth of them shall not be delivered. Check this out. Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, <laughs> thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent and he shall bite them. What? Command the serpent in the bottom of the sea. You talking about sea creatures? You talking about monsters? Whoa. Hold on. Hold on. The ones though they climb up to heaven. Whoa. You're talking about like rockets. <laughs> I will bring them down. Whoa. Though they dig into you can dig into hell. Well, I'll be. I thought you had to die to go to hell. Hmm. Interesting. She old again. Hell. It was it was understood, understood from many different traditions that you had this dome. You know, when we talk about the firmament, you know, some people say, oh, the firmament, it was like this cloud of um, 
Fog that existed was a thick cloud of fog and moisture. That's impossible. And the reason I say that is because if you look at, from a scientific perspective, you look at the flood, right? Um, 40 days, 40 nights, 20 feet of water for 40 days and 40 nights. If you actually study that, it will be impossible to get that much water to cover everything on the earth from fog. You would need a lot more water than that. It wouldn't work. You'd basically make, like on the planet itself, you basically make like a drop of, of water, right? The only way it could, it could begin to make sense is if you look at like the waters above the firmament. If there was some sort of dome that had floodgates in it, and that water, which we wouldn't know necessarily how much water would be there, um, but that water was opened up and came down onto the planet. And then would leak down into what we call the abyss eventually, or the oceans, right? You have the oceans, and then under the ocean, you have the abyss, you see? And you have these different columns of the planet. You know, these, these are just old descriptions of the planet. You know, before people started playing with it to throw you off. You read Psalm 148. Praise ye Yahuwah. Praise ye Yahuwah from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise, praise ye him, all his hosts. That's the military. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Huh, so the stars that are not visible. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens huh so there's waters up there that makes sense how could you have a flood a flood if it was you know fog is not going to do that you need a, a, a serious deluge of water to bring that much down right so you know in this what we're speaking about is um Agartha, as is said in, in some traditions, um, or Shambhala, as is said in, in uh, other other traditions, you see. There's, there's so many different names. Shutian is another term, you know. But, again, you can look at the, the flood idea and, you know, um, it kind of shows you proof, you know. Um in order for there to be that much firmament, you'd have to have 4.5 billion um, cubic kilometers of water, right? And that amount, yeah, it would, it would leave about a drop, you know. Um, to make some kind of impact, you'd have to have about four to five times that amount, you know, to even make... Um, some sort of impact. You know, right now on the earth, we have 1.86 billion cubic kilometers of water. You know, so just imagine, right, if it was to be flooded. So, no, it's not going to come from fog. You know, the firmament is not really that complicated. You know, it's just that when we have these models of outer space and atmosphere that it gets confusing in deep space. That's all the confusion. You're living in a fishbowl. Simple. Underneath it is this place called Sheol. Sheol is under the earth. And on, and in that space under the earth, there are um, Nephilim, giants, people who are different than you and, and I because we're living on the surface. Kind of simple. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not terribly uh, complicated when you really look at it. You know, and after the flood, you know, there was this, this sort of, well, it was this global canopy initially. The sky was damp before the flood. It was a canopy that kept all the sun out. You see. And science confirms this, you know, when they speak about the um, antediluvian homo sapien. Um, as, as opposed to like the homo sapiens of today. Um that they, they didn't have the kind of sun that we have. But when you look at, you know, you combine again the science with the, the understanding of other things. There was a time when Inky 
terraformed the earth after the flood, after the deluge. And he did it by tilting the earth on its axis. So that gravity and the frequency of, of that spin, it changed on the planet. And now there were, there were climate changes worldwide because of that tilt. Before the tilt, there were animals that inhabited the earth that were larger. They were bigger in stature, you know, but once you put it on the tilt, when Inky put the earth on the tilt, the gravity changed. So once that gravity changed, then species became smaller, you know. So most species who survived the flood, they they actually succumbed to the earth's gravity change. And Inky replaced them with smaller creatures of smaller stature. So now the sky became more clear. And those who lived on the earth now were allowed, keyword is allowed, to see the sky, the, you know, the, the stars, the planets, the moon, you know, all the things in, inside of Inky's uh, hologram. Because you, you do know that's a hologram up there. Right? You know, they were able to align the moon perfectly. So that way. I mean, again, science, the earth is so much, I mean, the moon is so much smaller than the sun, but it still has the ability to block out the sun. The truth is they're really the same size. That's That takes a lot of precision, you see. So now you have this transforming or terraforming of the earth, and it affects the species, it affects the plant life and this new fauna, and you have this these homo sapiens now who are really genetically manipulated people. Um, and then you have those living underground who are the humans who were on the surface before the flood, even though most of them were wiped out with most of the, the fauna. Sounds pretty wild, right? But it's actually not. What's more wild is the fairy tales that have been thrown our way. And I, I'm just, you know, taking this like slight deviation because I've been giving you a lot of um, how to live morality stuff as of late. And um wanted to allow you a moment to explore a bit of the esoteric again, you know, and look at some of the ideas that, you know, these, this is not just for the for the external or the exoteric explanation, but also learning these things help you to understand more how to self-regulate yourself, you know. Um, self-regulation is something that should be purposeful, you know, and once you understand that you're living on a, um, a, a earth that's living and you take that anthro an, anthro, um, anthropic, I would say principle, you take it in a way where you can assert different kinds of compatible consciousness, um, onto other things outside of you, you see the spectrum of consciousness because the earth is living. So it behaves in a fashion that consciousness behaves in. Right. So a lot of times, like, again, when you're dealing with false teachers, like they'll tell you to love, they'll tell you to meditate, they'll tell you to breathe. All that stuff is good. Yeah, we could do that. But give me a map. Give me a map of, of inner earth in the same way that we could map, um, the outer earth, if you will, we can map outside of ourselves. We should also be able to map inside of ourselves. See, that's the learning and the flowing through um, the different energies that exist on the planet and learning how to foundate ourselves or foundate our consciousness and the consciousness of, of others with, with an explanation or a cosmology an explanation of the universe. But those explanations should be grounded in what we know best about the universe and that's our participation in it each one of us you who are listening me we are all aspects of the of of the universe we are all different streams of consciousness and our consciousness is is still becoming within the universe you see so we all have the potential to tap into or to be the heart of the universe as we experience it, of course. So if we can understand that the inner experience, the inner experience can provide knowledge that's valid, right? Then we can attain certain 
states of consciousness that participate more deeply um, as we are evolving aspects or organisms inside of the universe. We can more deeply connect with um, this outer model of the universe when we can more honestly and more sincerely and more authentically train ourselves to go inner, you know, and we, we have to explore it. You know, it's a wide range inside of us. And it makes sense that we be able to, like, if I have an inner journey and you have an inner journey, we can have conversations about it and we can both verify inner knowledge, just like we can verify external knowledge. Is it hot out? Yeah, it's hot out. Is it dark out? Yeah, it's dark out. Is it hot in for you? Is it dark in for you? Have you mapped the consciousness of the universe? Tell me how to get over here. Tell me how to get over there. You see, it, it doesn't matter. Like if you're dealing with Buddhist traditions or yogurt traditions, or if you're a Taoist or Sufi, or you're, you know, you're, um, you're dealing with Kabbalistic traditions. Um, there's, there's always should be a cultivation of the inner experience, which will expand inner information or inner knowledge. You see, there is that world in where there are um, fabulous people inside. When you look at the theories of, of, of Shambhala or you look at the theories of um, Agatha, you know, or, or Ara, Arya Gatha, which is the original term, which means the land of the Aryans or the land of the Shambhala dealing with the land of the superior race. It was always an understanding that there are people there right they're different but there are people there you see and if we understand that that if we look at it from a planetary sort of philosophy that embracing a proper model of the planet helps us to embrace a, a proper conscious space for ourselves inside of the universe so when you hear like Bob Marley speak about one 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 we'd be able to say you know those of our, we're one nation. Those of us in our in our nation, one planet. We got one purpose, and that may require us to reach down deep into ourselves and, you know, show ourselves a way to live at peace with Earth, inner Earth, and outer Earth. You see, because. For the most part, our consciousness has become fragmented and it kind of wars against itself, if you will. We're afraid to quiet our minds. We're afraid to pay attention to how we breathe. We're afraid to listen. You know, we can't hear that deeper, like singing coming from our nation or our people trying to survive on a, in harmony on the planet. You see, so, you know, I will get into some more methods, you know, and how we really harmonize with that inner, that inner world, that Zion that exists within, you know, or like I said, there's so many other um, terms like, you know, th this idea of, of, and it's, it's just, it's not new. It's just not a new sort of, um, phenomenon yes you you may read it in, in certain scripture because you know I always understand a lot of times when you hear me speak about something i'll say scripture more than i say the bible because um it's not always about reading the bible per se because that's not the final word of the creator you know you have to you have to study you have to explore you know and some of that ex exploration is internal you know, a lot of times when people ask me, like, hey, man, how do you, how do you learn all this? How do you learn this? Where should I start? I usually show people the same answer, man. I'd read a dictionary. It's a good place to start. Read a dictionary. You know, because if you read a dictionary, then whatever you read after that, you probably have a better understanding of it. Or at least you'll have sort of understanding as to why words maybe are constructed in a certain way. You know, 
Like what 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 is someone trying to accomplish, if you will? You see. But this idea of, you know, we'll get it all out of one book, that's no man, that's that's never been the case. I mean, even the Helios Biblios is multiple books. You know, so it takes and in the same way it, it takes some digging to dig into yourself and pull out your own hollow earth if you will, and go beneath the surface and, you know, um, find that giant within, find that Nephilim, you know, that giant builder race that we're talking about. Um, yeah, we can get bigger on the external. You know, we do some exercise, <laughs> you eat a lot of protein and, you know, you work out and get your amino acids in there. Yeah, you'll, you'll, sure. But there's a different kind of giant that's within. There's a different sort of immortal, quote unquote, sort of race, if you will, that's within. And there's lower level energies that sometimes we contact that, you know, pretty much give you a bunch of rubbish. You know, in in all reality, they give you a bunch of things that you can't really do much of. You got these half animal, half reptilians. Like, that's what you want. That's what you want to talk to. They're not even organic. You know, then you have high level Alians who have the ability to observe and look at things. And, you know, sometimes they interfere, sometimes they don't. They have this understanding of a universal law. You see. But a lot of like I said, a lot of these false teachers will have you have you kind of get caught up in the toy. They'll, They'll turn you into a toy of low level beings. You see. They'll tell you they've seen like Super Saiyans and yeah, I was in the realm of Dragon Ball Z and you know, they just have baby technology that really doesn't do any good for anyone. You know, that's what I said. Most of people who tell you, oh, I'm an ascendant master and things like that. Most of them are just being deceived by, by stupid beings. Everything that's from another dimension isn't necessarily brilliant, you know. So we are dealing with an Anu, how to get to a place where you're mastering and understanding the body, the human body, rather, and the immortal life. Learning how to wake up and and recognize, you know, just garbage technology given to you by low-level galactic federations that do nothing. That's why in all your your sci-fi shows, they always have something with the galactic federation. That's a trick. They're going to reveal one day to you the galactic, you're going to think you got something good there. You don't. We have to take responsibility ourselves. You see. We have to take the responsibility. We have to use good sense. You see. Because when there's a leveling, a catastrophe, anywhere, rich and poor are the same. And money has become technology nowadays. Think about that. So convenient. Money is now a technology. You see. So who gave these people that technology? So it's so easier. It's so easy now to have a global currency reset. You see. So we'll get into it. All right. We'll get into it. But I wanted to share that. And just kind of get your mind, you know, crack it open a little bit more thinking. And I know some of the things I may say to some of you, they may sound crazy. You know, she world inside the world, Hades, hell, like, what is he talking about? You know, and for some of you, it, it might be a nice, cool breeze that just came in. <laughs> well, you could start now looking at the upper edges of your own atmosphere and, you know, expanding the way you're thinking to open you up for more information you know alright that has been our, our segment uh, I am Chief Yuya I'm gonna close out with this cause it's, I'm actually it's getting a little late and I'm recording on the same day that the podcast comes out I don't normally do that I'm no, I try to stay you know a couple of days ahead but um, yeah there's a lot of progressive things happening right now and I gotta get back 
to it <laughs> or get forward to it rather it's a better way to say it. i gotta get forward to the work i gotta do all right so um we're gonna close out with this and willfully you get a lot from this session i will that you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed delivering it to you and i'll have some books for you soon i know i slacked off on the books with you i have the books for you it's just that when i go over the time like this i try to you know i, I cut things and so that the q a i've been cutting the books i've been cutting you know but i'll come back to it you know forward to it all right until such time chief yuya out peace